0: Hello and welcome to Game of Moans, a podcast where we are re-watching Game of Thrones one grisly death at a time. I am Chris Bolton, with me as always, our very own mountain, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And we're up to Season 4, Episode 9, The Watchers on the Wall. And look, we're here, We we I said my piece last week, okay, we're going to put that behind us, I've let Oberyn go, we're going to move on. <laughs> I'm going to grow as a person and give them the benefit of the doubt. And we can all move on just so long as they don't kill any more of my favorite characters. I'll be absolutely fine.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so this, um, it's uh, our traditional episode nine, or our, our traditional penultimate episode uh, of the season. Uh,
0: directed by Neil Marshall again, actually. yes yeah. So yeah, so seems it, to
1: be like, he's the
0: go-to guy now, isn't he? For like, yeah, so they didn't do it last a big, season. Big um, battle, let's call Neil
1: Marshall. Yeah, so they didn't do it for um for uh, last season with the Red Wedding. So he he uh, directed Blackwater, um, yes. so uh, 2.9, and they brought him back for this um, f- uh, from uh, an interview I read with um, the Wonder Twins uh they because of the reception the Blackwater got and the way that sort of the, people felt that episode went and the sort of, the, the style of it they wanted to yeah, to sort of, try and recreate that a little bit so um completely understandable decision um yeah absolutely i mean he, he is uh,
0: not just where game of thrones is concerned in my opinion he is a phenomenal director um i'm a big fan of his work in general um So I'm completely on board with with the decision. Um, And, you know, it is interesting that, yes, he did direct Blackwater, as you say, and you can tell, you know, this this is very similar in style and structure and pacing and everything. Like, it is very, very similar. Um, This, from memory at least anyway, is my absolute favorite episode of the show. Um, Before we started this podcast, if you had asked me to talk about any single episode of game of thrones and to describe the events we're in and say, which was my favorite. I would have pointed you in the direction of this one. There are so many singular moments in this episode that are absolute standouts for me. Mm. Um, and the first time watching it, bearing in mind, I was coming off the back of last week's episode, you know, and, and as I said, when I finished that first time out, I was fucking throwing things. I was so angry. Um, it, it was going to take a lot to get me to tune back in and what did it was the trailer for this. I saw the trailer, it was called The Watches on the Wall, it was evident that it was going to be focused on the Night's Watch and John, which is, as I've said, I don't know how many times my favourite story arc and the true story arc of the show, if you ask me. Um, so I tuned in for this one and it just floored me, uh, I absolutely floored me in, in many ways. Um, it's not to say it's perfect, um, far from it, Rewatching it, this time I've picked up on on quite a few things actually um we'll talk about them as we go through I, I don't think many of them could actually be laid at the feet of this episode itself or at neil marshall i think they are systemic of problems throughout the show uh, yeah, and they just fair. so happen to affect us here but we'll talk about that as we go through but yeah just in terms of background um this it, had you asked me before we started watching the show i would i would definitely hold this up as my favorite
1: episode um yeah, for rewatching, me, watching so it now, one maybe. The one that stands out. Um, yeah. Just because, I mean, there are probably in in every episode there are events that will be memorable. Mm-hmm. Maybe not many in some episodes. In no, some episodes, as we've touched on, have been slightly drier. Um, but there's always something that that you can hark back to. This is probably the, in terms of the sheer volume of of events, this is probably the one that that sort of sticks in mind most uh, with me. And visuals um, as well. Yes. Yeah
0: it's just, and, and you know we've had some some stunning visuals here you we know, think about the Blackwater. some of that is stunning to look at yeah. and it's not so much that this is stunning to look at it is in places um but it's more that it is just jaw-dropping in places to, to see a battle of this scale and things this epic on a tv screen yeah absolutely floored me the first time that i saw it um and and even again you know it, it they really have upped the ante here. Like, yeah, we've seen dragons and we've seen wolves, but now we're getting fucking giants and mammoths yeah. and all sorts of things. And yeah, um, great, great episode. First time I watched it, maybe re-watching it now. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're now watching things in close succession. It, it didn't stand so head and shoulders above the rest for me as I think it did first time. But that's mm. also probably because I knew what's coming. Um so yeah. I knew to expect giants and mammoths in a massive battle um but anyway let's let's kind of
1: dive in yeah, I mean before um, we do um I think that's i mean last week um I say I think we were both ready to uh to call it a day on this I mean, this is one i mean the last week's episode was probably the big one of the biggest kick in the nuts we get in the, in the entire run mm-hmm. um as as viewers um but this is something that they keep on doing um, I've noticed as we're doing the rewatch is that. You'll get you get to that point where you're chucking stuff at the TV. You get to that point where you're thinking, "Fuck it, I'm out, I'm done. It's shit. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. I'm out." And then they pull this out of the bag, and, and they, this and uh, this I think is the thing that keep this type of thing is what kept drawing me back, even though yes. as we you know, as I went through it first time, I was like, "Oh, fucking that's fucking bullshit. That that just doesn't work." And then all of a sudden they go, "Right, have a fifty minute battle."
0: Yeah, you're dead right, and you know we we've said it several times in the show, when and, and I've. I hate myself for how many times. Like, I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship with this show. Yeah. Honestly, like, I hate myself for the amount of times I've let it absolutely batter me to the point of like. And last week was the lowest ebb, you know, to the point of like, yeah, that's it. Packing my fucking case, I'm done. Um, and then, yeah, this comes along, and they do it every time. Every time during the initial run, even where I said I was out, yeah, they pulled me back in. Um, yeah. There, there was an absolute. Cut-off point for me, um, where I was absolutely categorically out. But it came so late in the run of the show, and very, I mean very, very late in the run of the show, Mm. that, I mean, I I actually had the discussion with the mutual friend of ours, and I I said at the time, like, if this was last year even, I would be out. But there were, I think at that point, either two or three episodes to go. I was like, look, I'm going to finish it now, because I've come this far, but I just do not care for this show anymore uh, and they had they had absolutely lost me at that point and there was nothing they could do to pull me back and they didn't um we'll talk about that in a few seasons time when yeah. when we get there um but yeah there, there was an absolute cutoff point for me but there have been many before that um where I've just gone no that's it that's enough and inevitably they they somehow charm me back around with with this kind of shit um, I, mean, I
1: think i think it's like you said because it's because you've invested so much time in it and so much effort into it and, and so you've invested so much emotionally in some of the characters um it's almost like you can't not go back it's like this morbid curiosity You're thinking well i know they're gonna fuck it up i know this i know they're not gonna do this right i know they're gonna completely mishandle it but i just want to see this i just want to check this and it's just a bit the, that curiosity that gets you because, yeah, I because think the it's investment over... you made, and I think you you can't sort of stay away from it in that respect.
0: No, I think it's both the show's blessing and its curse, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right. But yeah, you, you're dead right. You get something like last week where I was absolutely ready to just kick it to the curb, and then you get this. You know, I and, and don't get me wrong. Like last week's episode, and we said it at the time, wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was just that ending was so appalling. Yeah. and this even though i said it's one of my favorites and as i say, I, I still think there's a there's a lot to talk about and a lot to celebrate in this episode i think in retrospect now having watched it in such close proximity to everything else it's not an absolute showstopper you know not even know. compared to some of the ones we've had this season yeah. so it's not like we've had two massive extremes there but this certainly does enough um to bring me back around and i, I certainly i still enjoyed it a great deal i did have problems with it but as i say and I think we'll I'll I'll point them out, obviously, as we as we go through and there's going to be one immediately now. Um, But one of the biggest problems I have and I think is important to draw the line with this now. I think this episode as a whole works exceptionally well. This episode is a mini movie. It has a three act structure. It works exceptionally well, save for the absolute end, uh, which we'll talk about when we get there uh, yeah. for a technical choice more than anything as well. Um, I think the episode holds together very well. Um, it's, it's, it's great. It's, it's masterful in a lot of ways. But there is a lot and I mean a lot of exposition and front loading in the first act. Yeah. Which is needed. It's all absolutely needed. And I don't know if that's come from the writing team or whether it's come from Neil Marshall as a director to say, actually, look, we don't get this moment later on if we don't get this at the start. I don't know. But, you know, it's watertight. They tick all the bases. But that first act is like 20 minutes of talking and it's 20 minutes of talking about stuff that could easily have been threaded throughout the course of the season. Yeah. And that's a big problem for this episode, especially when you hold it up against something like Blackwater, which was pretty much non-stop. But yes, we still had about 10 minutes there, I think, at the start, but there was just that sense of foreboding in Blackwater. And then once, once the touch paper was lit, off it went, whereas this is a much slower burn. Um, as I say, it's, it's not really to the episode's detriment. It holds together very well, but it's not as kind of heart in mouth as it could be just because we have to do so much heavy lifting up front, but credit to everyone involved for doing it because where we ultimately get to in the episode wouldn't be half as effective if they didn't do the heavy lifting up front. So I'm not going to complain. As I say, I'm not going to complain about that in terms of the episode as a whole. Like it's definitely all needed. I just wish, you know, and we've said this before, um, this stuff that's kind of out of place in the narrative that could be in earlier episodes and stuff that should be in later episodes. And yeah, just a lot of this stuff, if it had been dealt with earlier on, we could have just had some some nice quick reminders. Um, so you know, like the opening scene, for instance, that we get between John and Sam is great and absolutely one hundred percent needed. Yeah, it serves as a good reminder of Egret and John and Egret's relationship. It tells us a lot about Sam and Gilly as well, and all of that is essential to this episode. But that made for a very lackluster opening.
1: Yeah. Very it lackluster. It, it did. And I mean it was it's 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 interesting because obviously as I say wh- whenever we get these two together having one of these dialogue scenes, you know it's going to be good, you know it's going to be well performed. Mm-hmm. Generally they're pretty easy to direct. Um and as I say we do we do learn an awful lot about you know, we we get the, the exposition, we get the reminder of e great, we get you know, a bit of an update on what's you know, how Sam's thinking and it, but it shows Sam's character as well, the fact that Sat you know, he comes across as a bumbling idiot, but actually he's a very intelligent person. He's a, he's a thinker and he's, you know, he, he's looking literally uh, at, at the vows. They were like, okay, well, yeah. Okay. It says we can't marry and we can't have kids, but it doesn't say so we can't get laid in the meantime. And he, he's, again, we had with John where he goes and he sees the, um, he sees the wild things in their you know, in their, their natural environment, in their surrounds when they're in their camp with Manson. Or and he's, and he starts to question some of his views and some of the things he's been told. And we get Sam is doing the same thing, but Sam is doing it in a far more intellectual way mm-hmm. because you put him in that in that physical situation, he's just going to get killed and eaten. Yeah. But you put him in a library and he's going to work shit out. And that you know, that's something that carries through for the rest of the show. But it's, again, it's, it's showing that where we've had these characters, and we've said it with Sansa a few times as well, that we've had these characters who've been so underutilized or just completely fucked off that they need to do stuff with them because they have a part to play later on. And this is probably the first time where we really see Sam being Sam.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think there's, it's an
1: excellent scene. Don't get yeah, me wrong. It is excellent. There is,
0: there is absolutely zero fat in it. There's no wasted dialogue, um, but it is quite a, a long scene. You know, they're talking as they're pacing the wall. It's atmospheric. It's It's good between the two of them as well. It's quite mm-hmm. funny in places, but. Yeah, it's not an opening scene, and particularly not an episode like this. There is absolutely no reason why we couldn't have had this
1: scene last week or the week before, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, at this point as well, don't forget. I mean, Gilly was at the brothel, which was attacked. Was that last week or the week before? Last week, I think. Last week. So last week he was in bits that you know she she'd been murdered and you no, know, it's his fault and all. The rest of it. He seems to have got over that pretty quick, even though he hasn't had confirmation she's still alive. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it, and then. No, you. Again, we had to have the scene shortly. It's in so two or three seat time where she returns and they're reunited, and that's great. But we needed that before this conversation because last time we saw him, he was talking about Gilly being dead. Yeah. So that doesn't make any sense. And as you said, it's just one of those. We could have that could have been a Chris, a, a mid episode scene three weeks ago.
0: And that's what it feels like. It feels yeah. like a mid episode scene.
1: Yeah, it feels like you
0: know, and they do this quite often. We need to transition from one chunk of story to the next. Well, here you go, throw this in there. I mean, yes, we need the reminder. I mean, I don't think anybody's forgotten about Egret. She was a pretty big character for most of season two and three. So, but start with her scene. Yeah, exactly. There's other ways you can remind the audience of who she is. I mean, we do get a scene with her in the wildlings next. You know, so which is far more interesting.
1: Start with that scene, and then even if you go back to John, then. You no know, just move those two scenes around and that makes a lot more sense because it does, at least then it, yeah. it sets up it sets up there's imminent danger there's imminent threat like you had last week yeah um, your first scene is the brothel being attacked by Egret and Tormund and all the rest of it. so that builds up the threat for the episode it builds up it builds up what the episode should feel like it gets you ready to go and then all of a sudden you're like right, okay well now we've got to Kingsland and do all the political shit for half an hour and then we'll get into the fight this one if you start with this scene with Egret and Tormund and and the Thens, and the, saying no, she, no, John is hers to kill. Anybody touches it, they'll get. No, she's going to shoot him. I'll start with that because all of a sudden you're threatening. You're threatening John, who is our fucking lead. Whatever people say, John is the fucking lead of this show. John is the is the center of this fucking. Story.
0: Oh, I'll I'll argue blind with anyone that wants to have that debate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> bring it um, so on. No, this is so, John Snow show.
1: Yeah. So literally, you've got an a clear and present danger to your fucking lead. Yes. Start um, with that because that sets up
0: your entire episode. Yeah, and more than that, obviously, you get the, the drama of of the fact that we know, well, at least we suspect that she won't really be able to do it. You know, it's all
1: big talk. Um, well, this is it. When the last time she tried, she couldn't bring herself to do it. So she yeah. wounded him, but she she should have killed him and she knows she so, should have killed him.
0: Yeah, I mean, yes, you can absolutely open on that. I mean, in fact, the transition from the wall to that is a beautiful close-up of an owl. Um, Just open on the owl because it's an interesting shot and captures attention. And then, yeah, drops straight into the middle of the wildling scene. Um, That scene as well is, again it's it's more interesting it is still quite lengthy it does tread over a bit of old ground but again it's absolutely needed we need to understand what everybody has at stake here yeah um and if nothing else they get points for use of the word ginger minge. yeah um that that's clearly improved from someone in the crew there because there's there's no way i think the writing team know ginger minge. that's a very british term isn't it but then, surely
1: but then uh, i know mart uh, george R. R. martin's not um He's not British, but it's, I would imagine that by now they've had enough British people around. So if it hasn't yeah. come from the book, then be en- there'll be enough. There'll, oh, yeah, there'll that's what from. I
0: think's happened. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think it's somebody on the cast or crew somewhere has gone, yeah, it should be Ginger Minge. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Yeah.
1: But... I, I, I'm not sure how true this is. Um, somebody told me a story once from when um, Mamma Mia was being filmed that Colin Firth kept on uh, using the word Minge, and one of the girls in the cast, I can't remember who it was, got it tattooed on their ankle. <laughs> Excellent. I'll have to look I can't remember who told me um who told me that but I'll have to look it up. Excellent. Love
0: it. Um so we go back to the wall again then and again another great scene another very necessary scene mm. but another long and exposition heavy scene. So we get the scene between Sam and the Maester. Um Yeah. Right. So the theme of the episode is laid bare for us and done so quite eloquently. We get the line love is the death of duty.
1: Yeah, um, which we've had before. Um so yeah. again nice little throwback to um, yeah. To, to John in season one, and it
0: gives us it gives us the theme of the episode essentially, and the theme of well, what should be now, the John's theme carrying through. We'll talk about that more when we get there at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. we we learn that the Maester was to be a king at one point. Um, so interesting stuff there.
1: Well, yeah, because we sort of um, we knew he was a, tar- a Targaryen, didn't we? And yes, does he having. Joined the watch, he renounced his titles and everything else. So I don't, I don't think it was ever, um, it was ever established before that he was in line for the throne. No, um, but it's, it's but it's spelled it's, it's, out
0: explicitly here, yeah. and there's there's some great story here to be explored, isn't there? That just yeah. never is. This is a, just a real tantalizing thread that's just left,
1: that's hanging like so hanging. many others.
0: And, um, and you know, look, there's a lot of story to cover in this show, so I'm by no means taking them to task over that. You know, they they give us enough, and then choose never to dive into it so that's fine it's not like they start exploring it and then chop it off by you know getting somebody shove their thumbs through his eyeballs or something well, but yeah. it's it's just a it's an interesting thread it left me going oh I'd like to know more about him yeah um, and
1: I, I think that's something that happens quite a lot in, in the show is that they and again I don't know whether it's the whether there's sort of a, a level of fidelity to the book where they're saying oh we want to do this we want to do that but if you're going to do that even though you can't read ahead because the books aren't finished and that's clearly a fucking problem. If you are going to introduce this, even if you're no, even if it's not going to be your main thrust, if you're going to introduce it, you're going to take the time to put this scene in, to no to go on, to write this scene, to shoot it, to include it in your episode. If it's going to be filler, don't include anything that people might want to explore. Yeah. And if it's if it's something that if it's something you feel you need you need to keep in, then be prepared to go somewhere with it. Because it's my probably my biggest bugbear with this show is that there are so many things they just throw away. Because they decide to move on something else. It's like the shiny new toy syndrome where they go, right, okay, well, we've done that. We talked about that for a bit. We didn't finish it, but fuck it. It's not we've got something new to play with now. And yeah, it's kind I'm of sure like so it's
0: definitely guilty of that. Um but as I say, it's, it's a shame they didn't explore this, but I don't think that they didn't go all in enough here to for it to be a problem for me. Um the yeah. scene is is absolutely needed though as well. It, it's as I say, it's I, I none of this is filler. None of this first act, I think, is filler, it's all necessary it just all could have come like this scene again apart from you know the the line about love being the death of duty like all of this could have just been dropped anywhere else in the in this Indeed. season yeah you know Absolutely. um sam swears and he, he drops he drops a curse word in there which is a, a it's just a great moment
1: like yeah, and, and the fact they call him on it as well pip calls yeah. like, i've never heard you swear before we'll, we'll get used to it Swearing is so effective
0: when you use it scarcely and when you deploy it efficiently and effectively, like they've done here, it's so effective. Um, And this is one of those shows that just, and and we're ones to talk um, that throws the (laughs) F bomb around. Like it's another word. And it might shock you to, to hear this listeners, but actually it's certainly in, in my writing and to be fair, Mark, I think you're quite similar as well. Um, I am very economical with swear words, uh, and consciously so. Uh, When you deploy them, they need maximum effect, and that's exactly what they do here. Um, Mm. And, yeah, it's excellent because we haven't had, you know, all right, we've had ginger minge and stuff like that, um, but we haven't had a lot of bad language in the episode yet, and certainly none from Sam. So for him to just start cursing up a storm like a sailor, is incredibly effective. Um, so credit for that. That I thought that worked really well. It was deployed excellently. Yes. Uh, really helps sort of get you into the seriousness of the situation, if you like.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and and again, it it shows a side of his character whereby I mean, we've not had any sort of seriousness from him so far. He's he's been the bumbling sidekick, and now all of a sudden he's. It's only a, a very small part of a very uh, of, of a chapter of the story, but he's taking control of it. He's actually standing up for himself and saying no. I'm not going to be walked over. I'm not going to let you, let you turn away to be killed. Let the fucking... No, open the fucking gate, let her in. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, we didn't see it in... Um, like Season one, he was everybody's bitch. Um, and it was, it was John... He needed John to step in and save him. Season two, he grew a bit. Season three, he grew a lot. And all of a sudden, now we're starting to see him come into his own character and beat he's... It's almost like he's confident in his own skin. Yes, and definitely. It's, it's taken him four C or 39 episodes to get to that point where actually... He is in a position where, okay, it helps This is mate on the gate, not somebody Who doesn't like him You're a poet and you don't know it Well, yeah, um, But that, no, that, that Undoubtedly house, he, no, if it was one of um, Alice Thorne's guys on the, on the gate, he wouldn't have got away with it no. So that, that's definitely part of it But in season, no, season one Sam wouldn't have dreamt of saying Of, of telling Pep to open the fucking gate no absolutely not so it, I, no, I please sir will you open the gate i need you to open the gate so please open the gate sir and no very you know even tripping over his words very very timid very meek yeah almost apologetic just for being there and that's that's gone and he's growing into this role and that's something that's taken far too long in my opinion it has
0: but then it's very effective now it's here yes uh, because we've spent so much time it has been a slow burn with him you know you you had the stuff with the dragonglass and and you've had the his kind of mission that he's been given with with gilly almost and it it's been a slow burn but now that it's here I, i feel that all of that worked very well um as you say it could have happened quicker maybe but i I've enjoyed the ride and I'm glad that we've we're finally here with him. You know, it's, yeah. it's a great moment. And yeah. just in general, the, the decision here to bring Gilly back is very clever writing. Now, I'm guessing this is from the book, um, I but it's so, yeah. very, it's very, very clever. And, and you know, this is about the only thing I think in in this act one that absolutely needs to happen in this episode is this moment with Sam and Gilly coming yes. back because it raises the stakes for Sam instantly. Yeah.
1: And not only that. I mean, as, as a viewer, you you know you know you know they're going to die because fucking hell. No, why would you bring them back apart from to kill them? Because that's what the Wonder Twins do.
0: Yeah. It it just raises the stakes instantly. Yeah. As soon as you see her come back into
1: Castle Black, your heart sinks. You're just like, oh yeah. fuck. Yeah, she hell. didn't. She she got away, but she just put herself right in the fucking middle back of it.
0: Into danger. Yeah. So excellent. Very very clever writing. Yeah. Very um, effective. Yeah. Very very effective. As I say, in fact, all of this first act is. You know, it's. It's all of it's great it's just that it's quite long winded yeah. um, and, and I feel like some of it, it you would still need all of these scenes but they could be a lot briefer yeah. and there could be some other stuff around them I
1: think maybe if we'd have just dealt with some of this heavy lifting earlier on um, Yeah and I think as well I mean we've talked about it in this season quite a lot that they, they kind of, whether it was intentional they sort of stumbled upon this formula for doing an episode whereby you cram as much story and exposition as you can into a defined period of time and then you let rip with the big, the set piece the main event in your second half second two thirds in this case Um and that seems to be you know, something they've stuck to and um, I think it start, possibly started with Blackwater actually whereby you had all the build up and then you had the battle and nothing but the battle yeah. for 25-30 minutes and that's kind of what they've done here as well and as I said some of the scenes could, also could have slotted in elsewhere in, in the season, some of them most of them could have been cut quite sh- quite a lot shorter, um, but again, it's just building. And again, because, you know, from the title, we you know Watchers on the Wall. We know this is a you know, this is a wall heavy episode. We've been building to this battle. You no, know, this this you know, this siege, this invasion, wherever it's going to be. We've been building to this for two years. Yeah. So there's a set piece coming that you can only pray is going to go. Oh, you know, it's going to be done properly. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it seems to be that's kind of the way they've gone. And then you look at they get. I think it's of 15, 16 minutes into the episode. And then, bang, you're straight into it and you don't come out of it again.
0: It's, it's about the 20-minute mark. Um, I've got it in my notes. Um, okay. We're very very close to it here, though. Um, yeah. We But before we get to that, you know, we get just two of the most fantastic, epic shots in the show, for my money. You get the wildlings sort of cresting the hill and lighting arrows and things yeah. uh, in the distance and just this absolutely epic hero shot of John standing yes. atop the wall with yeah. his cloak billowing out behind him. It's yeah, when you, when you lift up over him. And, yeah. It's stunning. Yeah, the camera move as well. It, yeah. It's it's absolutely stunning stuff. And if that, look, if nothing else, if that doesn't signify to you instantly that he's the hero of this show, then I, I don't fucking know what will. We talked about the hero shot that Oberyn had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. But this is like, and and, and you know, this is at this point that the peak of John's journey, this is the culmination of it. He has stood atop the wall about to defend it from rampaging wild beings. This is, this is the peak of his arc yeah. or so we think, well, yeah. Um, you know? So yeah, absolutely stunning stuff. He is, a, he is a hero here and he is ready to lead. Yeah. Um. Uh, that is undone slightly in the next scene with, with Sam, um, again good scene between him and gilly but and i'm I'm gonna just quote it word for word which where, she, where she's trying to convince him not to go and says why are you gonna do it yeah. and sam's response that's what men do i mean just yeah. yuck uh by the yeah. time you listen to this see also the podcast we released on saturday about biker max from <laughs> mars on our other show but yeah just fucking yuck i mean look there are so many ways this line could go i mean it could be that's what we do. That's what crows do. That's yeah. what the Night Watch does. That's what heroes yeah. do.
1: That's what my brothers would do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So something to so make something to bring it to him.
1: Something to make it personal to him. Um, yeah. There is there is a nice throwback to it later on with Torment um, when he says about going you know, going out like a man or fighting like a man. So it does come up again. There is a nice throwback to it there. But yeah, and, and I mean, it's horrible. Yeah, it is. Um, it's-
0: it's a horrible line. Unfortunately, no thought gone into it whatsoever. That is a brain fart of the line. Yeah.
1: Um
0: the other so thing I, 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 I don't, don't think there's any intended malice behind it. but no, it's, it's just a fucking shit line. I
1: yeah. mean, the other thing I did notice with it, and I, I watched it, um, so I watched it last night as so I was up in the office um, watching on the computer, so it's a bigger screen than I, I normally watch on, and his fucking eyes are popping out of his head. I can't like, say ser- seriously, his his eyes are so big; it's like they're out on fucking stalks. I, I mean, his eyes really... are big
0: in general. They, so. they
1: are, but I don't know if it's because they're so close. And he's obviously he's looking down at her because she he's considerably taller than her, I think. Or if he, if he's not, then he's been put on a box um, to make him appear taller. But it's like his eyes are bulging, and because of the way they're pointing, it the right one looks as though he's boss-eyed. It looks like he's looking across his nose, and it really bugged the fuck out of me. I don't know why. Um... I, I don't know I I
0: I think I was just reeling from that's what men do for most of this scene so yeah um that's I, a I didn't point. pay too much attention to that but yeah I just look it, 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 I don't think that's intentional but it, it is obviously indicative of the values that run throughout this show as
1: well so yeah and that's that something we have talked help. about many times uh, yeah um oh.
0: but it's just a just such a bollocks line when there were so many alternatives that a sound better and b. Don't alienate 50% of your audience, and yeah. more than 50%, in fact, of your audience. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of other ways out of that. So, finally, though, after all of that, all of that setup is great. As I yeah. say, I, I'm not taking anything away from it. I don't think there's any, anything bad there, save for that's what men do. Okay. I don't think there's anything bad, but it could have been sown throughout the season. It could have been shorter, but there it is. It's done. We're about 19 and change in, just about to crest the 20-minute mark. And we're out of Act 1 and into the siege of Act 2. So let's fucking go. And the first thing we see is the fucking mammoth, which is awesome. I mean, that was first time out. That was just jaw-on-the-floor time for me. Um, Like, this isn't just going to be Blackwater again where it's men fighting men. Like there's a giant on a fucking mammoth. Yeah. About and there are attack. other
1: giants as well. It's not just a giant. There's like no. five of the cuts. It's awesome
0: to see. And just, just absolutely. It is epic in scale. There's no other yeah. word for it. You got these fucking giants riding mammoths about to attack a gigantic ice wall. Like this is the show we were fucking promised. Like yeah. this is the show I want. Um, but then, even amongst all of this battle, we're still finding time with our characters as well. You know, we get some interaction between Thorn and Snow. Um, which and again, Thorn I thought was really nice. Very, uh, very good. Look, Thorn is a cunt. We all know he's a cunt, but he leads valiantly here. He yes. pretty much mans up to to John and says, "Look, I was wrong, but we're here now, and yeah, I'm in charge. It. So, toe the line.
1: Let's do this together."
0: Which yeah. is absolutely the right move. Yeah, and I, I think
1: I, even his line is no, it's um. It, it it you know it's it's something on the line of you know, yeah, yeah, okay, I was wrong. You you were right. Just we you can crow about it later. Let's get this done and then you can go back to hating me. I, and I, I can go back to wishing you dead. Yes. But let's it's just fucking get on with it.
0: Great. I thought it was a great moment between the two of them. Um and then instantly when the shit hits the fan, he just leads from the front. Yeah. And whatever you know, whatever we think of him, and as much of a cunt as he is to John, like he is absolutely the first one leading the charge. Oh like, definitely.
1: Know, straight, straight away, as 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 soon as um as as soon as they're in a position to, he takes command of the archers and tells them no, tells them to prepare. You have a bit of fucking comic relief when you don't really need it. Completely breaks the tension, but gives him a chance to call them all cunts. Fine, and then he's back in charge. This is what you fucking do. And then they find no, they find that the they're attacking the other side of the wall as well. They're attacking the gate. Oh fuck! Right, okay. This is all in hand. Fucking Baldy from Kings Landing. You take care of this shit, which I've already fucking set up for you. I'm going down there to kick some shit, and yeah. he's, he is straight into it. In all fairness, um, and and yeah, no, you it's something you don't you don't have many opportunities throughout the show to actually feel anything other than complete disgust for the man. But here he really does know. He shows he shows you none know, this of the type of leader he is because yeah. you know, Mormont is dead, so he's taken over the mantle. And since that's happened, we've not really seen him lead. We've seen him bully, we've seen him belittle, we've seen him go out of his way to be a cunt We've not seen him lead anyone, we've not seen any sort of management, any sort of flair Any sort of reason why anybody would follow him other than being a giggling sycophant And all of a sudden he's like, yes okay, I'm a cunt, you can hate me all you want But I'm leading you fuckers into battle because I'm not dying today
0: yeah, uh, we—I mean—we get a speech along that lines from him as well, don't we? When he's rallying the troops, yeah. You know, we get a speech along the lines of, you know, we're not going to die today and things like that. And it's—it's
1: it's good. It's really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and you—you you actually get—you get two because you get—he—he does—he starts one on top of the wall. Um, so again, not to, how important it is the wall hasn't fallen or, and then he goes down below and he does the end of it. Yes. because he's got to repeat himself to the other guys who haven't heard it because they're too busy defending down below. So it's it's really effective as well that you know we we get to really, it, it, we we get to really see him come into his own. And again, you assume at that point he's going to fucking die because he's yes. no, he, he's he's hearing up. So you know full well his head's coming off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. I'm jumping ahead a bit to talk about it now, but I think in general, this, this battle is just so huge and sprawling that we might jump about a bit. Yeah, anyway. and, yeah, I think so. And actually, one of my notes specifically here is like full-on credit to Neil Marshall. Like the battle is sprawling. It's all over the shop, but we well, never like, lose our place in it,
1: ever. Yeah, and I think there's something as well you need to look at. When when you're doing these huge set-piece battle scenes, and not just in this show, but when if you look at stuff like Band of Brothers, where they had these, these all-out fucking wars, Going on everywhere, you know the you know, foxhole battles and shit like that. There is so much going on, and there are so many people involved. It's so easy to jump around and get lost. But yes, but that doesn't happen. Doesn't, here. No, you he never lose to your keep, place. There's there's just enough time spent and enough focus spent on keeping keeping you engaged with what's going on, and just to a point where I'll do enough, and I can move to somebody else, knowing full well that you will remember what I've just done. You're not going to get lost. You're not going to forget what John's up to while I'm down. I'm doing something else with Sam. While I'm doing something else. Yes the other side of the wall there's enough you you get enough of it every time i think that's that's handled really well but it's still random enough and sporadic enough and frenetic enough that you can jump from place to place to place and it's no you you do get that sense of it's all out fucking chaos oh yeah and and you don't know what's going on it 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 really does feel feel like that yeah Yeah. and and to to
0: manage to rein that in and keep the audience with you all the way through is is like that's a fucking masterwork to do that, and it and it's the type of thing that goes unnoticed, you know, yes, because it's it not flashy direction and it's not your John on top of the wall where you go, oh, look at that shot. This is the kind of thing a good director will do behind the scenes. This is what a director's really for, you know. A lot of people have the misconception that you know a director is primarily concerned with visuals and performance and things like that, and those yeah. are just two very minor parts. of a a director's playbook like the main thing as a director the absolute key to your job is to make sure the story is communicated effectively and he does that magnificently here like we never lose our place in this story um so there was just that but what i was going to say before that is just jumping forward slightly once thorn really gets into it um and we get the fight with tormund Um, and it's just so brilliantly choreographed yes um the way they're kind of swaying in and out of the banisters and it's i think it's probably my favorite fight in the show since bron in season two um with the moon door where he's sort yeah. of ducking and diving um was that yeah. season two or season one i think it was season, That's season two one That's season, season one. one was it oh, okay yeah. season one then well it's it's my favorite fight since then um and it's, it's relatively short but just the way they're kind of ducking in and out of the of the supporting struts on the balcony and just yeah, really, really cool I th-
1: fight. I think the the thing with it for me is that all all we've had all the way through is you no know, the, the the Night's Watch, they're all bastards and thieves and murderers and all the rest of it. None of them are soldiers, none of them are fighters. Whereas the Wildlings are savages who you know, they forage and kill and they fight amongst themselves. So they're gonna be they're gonna be fucking hard bastards and they're gonna be able to fight. Whereas you get the impression half the time with the Night's Watch they can't. And all of a sudden, you get somebody like John comes along and you know, it, you know, stirs things up a bit. But then you see, actually, you've got Alcithorne, who's been there for fuck knows how long. You know, he's he's been there you know, long, you know, long before, before the show started. And he can fit, swing a fucking sword. He can defend himself. But not only that, he, he's not just defending himself against a bigger and stronger opponent. He's actually taking the fight to him. And when hmm. Torman knocks the sword out of the way and you think he's going to get stabbed, he just punches the cunt in the face. Uh, it's such
0: a cool moment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's and awesome. the, there are
1: so many like that. And then they they, they, they punching each other, they kick kicking each other, they are fighting through the banisters and the pillars and shit like that. And then he gets knocked down, but rather than no, rather than get stabbed through the head, which is what we normally fucking get, he rolls off and lives yeah. to fight another day. And it's it's probably the first moment where you actually see people in the Night's Watch actually able to fight. And you see, actually, these are pretty fucking useful. Some of these people.
0: And again, it's it's a great moment for Thorn where, you know, somebody that we've been conditioned to hate. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden you realize why he is who he is, you know, why yeah. he's Lord Commander. Like he's fucking tasty. Yeah. Um and he's really he's he is taking the fight to
1: the wildlings here.
0: Yeah. Um Well so, it's, it's, it's I, like
1: he's, he's taking it personally. You know, it's the fact that the wall hasn't fallen in a thousand years and on my watch you can't get through the gate. Yeah. And that yeah. ain't fucking flying. That's not gonna happen. I'm. I'm not gonna let you do that. I'm gonna beat you back. If I have to do it on my own, I fucking well will.
0: Yeah, he's he's fucking brilliant in this episode. He really is, Um, and I I just love that fight. Um, So yeah, there's that. But then, meanwhile, at the top of the wall, um, we get another just excellent moment. That's that's been. This one has been sown throughout the last two seasons, and it pays off great Mm -hmm. here when there's just a a flat out cool to put John in charge. (laughs) Yes, yeah. <laughs> essentially, um, it's done and, very subtly, but everybody fully understands what's going on. And again, John says so much without saying anything. Everything's yeah. done in looks, um, but we all know yeah. what's happened.
1: Yeah, that's it. So you get um, that's it. So you get this bit with Grey. You get um, uh, Slint, who's you know, been put in charge by by um, by Thorne, and we've all we've already seen him not take action. We saw him when he was in King's Landing. Um, the only thing we ever seen him do is arrest Ned. Um, yeah. We've not really seen him do anything else. Tyrion sent him to the wall. He disappeared for a season and then he showed up again. Um, but yeah, you know he he's there he, and he just shows how completely fucking inept he is and how ill suited. And we've had this built all the way through. He sits there on Thorne's right hand and he fucking crows and he pontificates about how good he was because he was the head of the king's guard and how they're all fucking useless because they're all thieves and rapists and all the rest of it. And you know full well that when it comes to any sort of actual threat in any battle situation, you know he's going to fall to pieces. And lo and behold, that's exactly what he does. He just completely disintegrates mentally because he can see these fucking hundred thousand people marching on the wall, and he's thinking all he's thinking is I'm going to get, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah, and he's not thinking you know, protector of men or no. He, all he's thinking is I was you know, head of the king's guard. And now I'm here, about to get slaughtered by fucking savages, and nobody will even know I'm here. And yeah, it's 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 a re- it's really telling. And then you get Gren comes along with this great idea, which, as you say, it's a coup. It's nothing yeah. short of a coup. And nobody questions it. No, so it's, you know, John doesn't question. He doesn't even raise an eyebrow. It's just you know, no, go along. He, he goes plays along. it off perfectly. He knows, he knows exactly, exactly what's exactly going was. on. Yeah, exactly. And, and then as soon as Slint gets into the into the lift. There's a there's a look there's a, a nod and that's it and there's nothing else said and and then late, there's another scene between these two later on which is beautiful as well, um, but yeah and it's just right okay right I know what I'm fucking doing you all know I know what I'm doing so let's fall in and let's get some shit done and it, straight away he you no know, he takes on th- that mantle of leader which he's been building to since season one we've no we've seen him in have elements of this already in his character already we've seen him growing into this role And all of a sudden right he has it's a small command it's not overall command but he has command of part of the defensive effort therefore he has a role and he has grown from being a worthless bastard to being all the things he's been since to now he's commanding people and if he fucks it up they're all going to die so it no it's a very it's a, it's a very big step for his character as well
0: yeah he he now has I mean, and he this has happened before as well to a lesser extent, but he now has absolute agency over these events yeah um he he can turn the tide of this battle yes. now, let's all remember this when we get to season eight, okay, <laughs> That's all I'm saying, but let's all remember that it's John that's supposed to be the hero and John that's built for this kind of thing, and you see it executed wonderfully here like it, you know it's yeah. been we've seen him have these little minor commands when he's been out in the field and stuff like that
1: yeah when there's no, a group of two or three and stuff like that no. yeah
0: but now he's really in the thicker battle and we see that you know this isn't the john snow that we met in season one that was a bit kind of shell-shocked and, and yeah and, a bit shy doing, and all the rest of it and yeah
1: i think the thing is as well that you no know, we've we have to see him you no know, we have to see him develop we have to see him grow um but this is um, this is a a very big jump in a, a relatively short space of time, and then when we get to the end of the episode, there's a, there's another part. But no, it's like it's almost as if this is I and mean, we used to, and you see it in again in in war films and stuff like that. But you it's almost the reluctant hero, it's almost the reluctant leader. Wait, I don't want to be in charge. I just want to do my bit. But if I don't do if I don't take charge of this, everybody's gonna die. And it's all you know, it's it's played off perfectly. And I think that you know credit has to go to Neil Marshall. Credit has to go to Kit Harington as well. And even, I mean, even the, the, some of the dialogue in this episode is as fuck. But again, the way this episode is put together, you've got to give some credit to the writers as well. Now, they've 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 crafted a good episode.
0: And yeah, certainly, certainly in and terms
1: it, of John and, and his character, there yeah. are some missteps, but well, it's, it's a
0: it's a John episode, isn't it? Really, it's yeah. as simple as that. But you know, it's it's interesting what you say there as well about um, how he's sort of a slightly reluctant hero and a slightly reluctant leader. Because I would agree, I think that's there in his character. Yeah. Um I don't. I don't so much know that he's reluctant as he just, he's one of those people that's always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of, uh, there, of the there a bit weapons of that, yeah. about him. There um, a of but it, it's not so much reluctance as like, yeah, he's in the wrong place at the wrong time and he will just get shit done. And he's kind of the guy that's coming in and picking up everyone else's mess. And I think that is very important when we look at how John's story ends,
1: yeah, and I think that's what I mean by reluctance. It's no, not a case of he's reluctant. It's like he's not seeking out. If you look at this entire show, it's all about people looking for power, people looking to improve their station, people actively searching to to get to get ahead, and that's not John. So when no. he's put in these positions whereby he has to take charge, and he, as I said he gets it done, it's almost as if he's doing he's doing it because he knows nobody else will. Well. Yes, um, he is and... the
0: guy that will do what no one else will. Yeah. That is exactly right. That is also, yeah. incidentally, pretty much the definition of a hero. Um, yes, I am. So there you go. Um, but yeah, that's. I think that's incredibly important, especially when there are people who are dissatisfied with John's ultimate ending in the show. Now, I am... Um, Extremely dissatisfied with events that led to his ending, but his actual ending, as in the way John's story ends in the last episode, I think is pitch perfect for these reasons. And we won't spoil anything, we'll talk about that when we get there, but I think the one ending they absolutely nailed was John's. I think it's possibly the only fucking ending they nailed. Yeah, which which worries me slightly when you hear these uh, supposed rumours now that maybe... You know particularly when you hear these things about this supposed reboot, and they're talking about sequelizing the show. Well, not a reboot, sorry. they're talking about sequelizing the show now uh, and bringing back some of the original cast because people are so dissatisfied with the way it ended. Uh, and two of the first names out of the hat are Amelia Clark, which no spoilers, but okay, yeah. work that one out. um and and Kit Harrington. And like anything you do with John's story, from here on out, I think needs to be removed from the main storyline in order for mm. it to be. So I, I don't particularly want any more of John's story. I don't think after it's ended, no, um, I will watch it because he's he's absolutely the hero of the show. But I think what you need to do with John, if you're going to do anything after the way the show ends, is spin him off. Yeah, um, we need and John's Snow adventures essentially. Yeah,
1: I mean, if if you're doing that, I means there are, th- I would say there are probably three characters you could get away with with. Sequelizing, as long as you don't try and wreck on the end of the fucking show, you've got you've got Jon, you've got Arya, and you've got Sansa, all of whom have got bigger and better things to fucking come.
0: I would agree. By the end of the show, Jon definitely has more shit to do. Yeah, Um, but you know, I'm I'm happy if we never get to see him do that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I I think any any attempt to sequelize Jon cheapens his last his last season. Yes,
0: I totally agree, and there are some pretty fucking uh, ch- cheapening fucking things in that last season. Anyway, there are some low blows for John there. Um, yes. So I'm I'm a bit nervous about that, but anyway, we're getting slightly sidetracked. This is way in the future. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just just seeing him rise to the, to the occasion here on top of the wall is is immensely satisfying. Um, yeah. And of course, it helps just from a from an ebb and flow perspective to see him built up and be on a high here. Makes yeah. the low later on even more crashing. Yeah. Um, so just, I mean, just some more general stuff that I fucking love in this episode. Giant fucking arrows is brilliant. Yeah, like again, this is the fucking show we were promised. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like this that, is what I it. want.
1: This, this is it. And I mean, you get you no, know, you get that. You no, know, you get the. Um, it's it's a nice comic moment as well, where you get the Archer comes along. And you know he he takes a knees all serious. He's like he's like the Olympic fucking torch or something. He's shooting that flaming arrow. And you just see it, you no, know, just a peter out in front of the wall and dip into nothingness. And then the, the giant comes along next to him, and it's like the bit in Avengers where Hulk just punches Thor from the side. And he's just yeah. like, get out the fucking way. Yeah. Let me do it. And again, drops to no, drops to the knee, aims up, and you see the size on this fucking arrow. And you're thinking that's taking out dragons. You know, yeah. it's a big bastard arrow. And sure enough, he shoots it up, and it goes through the fucking battlements and lifts a guy straight up in the air and it's, chucks him off the back of the wall it's p- absolutely hilarious but it's, it's fucking it's awesome it's so effective yeah it's, um, it's fucking
0: awesome like so much of this episode is just cool shit <laughs> that, that,
1: yeah yeah that, that's, that's and that's fine. I, it, it is and I get, but again that's the frustration when we have these these bad episodes and so the, the low points that we had last week whereby you see how good this show can be and then you see how fucking annoying it is at times And it's enough to make you want to pull your eyes
0: out. Yeah, part of the problem genuinely is as well, that, and we felt this since season one and said it since season one, it's almost two different shows. Yeah, Like, this is so far removed from the stuff going on in King's Landing. And that's not to say I dislike the stuff in King's Landing. You know, that's been most of the season, and they've done really well this season. But this is a totally different vibe and a totally different show, and they never mesh the two properly. No, um, it 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 they feel like different fucking worlds, not just different continents or whatever.
1: Yeah, um, we well, not I,
0: different continents; it's just different it's parts different of the same continent,
1: isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, I mean, the, they tried it in the first season because you I mean, Ned was always your bridge. Yeah, because you had that. You had the very first scene where you had the White Walkers and the guy who deserted the Watch. Then that episode, you put Ned into that position where he's going to be hand to the king, and then the next episode, he goes south. Oh, and then the third episode or fourth episode, they're in King's Landing. So they tried by again. It's annoying because obviously Ned died so early on, and the first season was all about Ned. But yeah. more importantly than just him being there and him playing Sherlock fucking Stark, he was a bridge between those two worlds. Yes. And then we didn't have we haven't we don't have that until what end of season seven? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much.
0: So so it it really does feel like two separate, disparate stories here. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I I just. I fall on this side. I this is the more interesting show to me. As I say, not that there's anything wrong with King's Landing, but it doesn't have giants firing giant fucking arrows and riding woolly mammoths. No. So you know. Certain. Um so yeah, that is amazing. Um Sam going after Egret is just the drama. Like it, it's it's at this point, and again, all credit to the writing here, because you have Sam and you have Egret, the two most important people in the world to John. Yeah. And knowing how good an archer Egret is, and knowing that Sam—I mean, he doesn't specifically say he's going after her, but he heads in that general direction because well, she's picking people off.
1: Well, not only that—I mean, we've already you know he was when him and Pip are coming out of the um the the, the the um when they were shooting the crossbow down at the people scaling that side of the wall and no, scaling scaling the sort of the castle side of uh, um, of the wall. They run out of there, and Pip is there, and oh, they've had this whole thing of you know, this thing where they're trying to fight and pip is you no know, pip is slightly euphoric because he you know he managed to get one And he said earlier on no, he's he's never he's never fired about, uh, fired a person he's never held a sword with a proper edge so you get this you, know, you get this sort of euphoric moment for him where, where i've done i've done something i've actually contributed to this war effort and no lo- no longer than a second after he fucking smiles he's got an arrow through the neck yeah. So I mean, I mean that again, and, and Sam being there, seeing it, and I'm trying again, trying to be Sam, trying to be, it'll be all right. We'll sort you out. No, my Raymond's coming. We, you know, we get you sorted out. Don't panic. No. And then, so he dies in his arms, and I don't know whether he, he sees the red cigarette because there's no sort of recognition. He, and given the description that John gave her okay, so she got red hair. How many red-haired girls are there in that raiding party? Yeah, it's yeah. got to be her. But he, I don't so I don't think he clocks her because there's no, no recognition. He just knows that there's somebody over there picking him off yes, and yes, he needs I agree. to do something about it because if if he doesn't act, more people are going to get picked off and they're gonna lose this fight yes, so he's I agree. and again it's him. he's he's not the fucking porky pig pusillanimous little twat he was in season one season two whereby he's gonna run away and hide and hide and and sort of try and get other people to defend him or to try and get himself in a position where he's out of danger. Because he's now put Gilly in that position where she's out of danger, so he, no, he now is he's in a position to so right. I'm I'm doing this to defend my brothers and defend the girl I love. Yeah, I which is why it safe. was so
0: brilliant to bring her back. It, yeah, it, it and it works
1: really well. Makes him engage
0: with the battle. It ups yeah. the stakes for him.
1: Yeah, and um, and he actually does engage for for the first time
0: ever. Um, yeah, and but not only does he engage, he's actively engaging the probably only other person besides him that. John cares as much about in the world. And yes. you're kind of... So you're now at a point where you've got his closest brother and the woman he loves. And, yeah. you know, the first time you're watching this, at least, and knowing what you know about this show, you, you, your heart's in your chest because you know at least one of those two yeah. is going down at the hands of the other. And that would be tragic. Yeah. Uh, for I mean, for John as well. You know, one way or the other, he has to lose one of them to the other, which is... Yeah horrible I live with that yeah that's a that's a horrible situation and it's great drama um so that is is really really good of course what actually happens is sam ends up uh making his way to the top and just what a what a wonderful piece of writing this is um and i guess it comes from the book but as he's way on his way up to the top and the kid this sort of getting him up there scared yeah. and he just says look points to the bow and says there's a bow use it kind yeah. of thing don't Fight hesitate it. Um, I, I we've talked said, I, about Chekhov's gun on the show yeah. before. This literally is it. There well, is yeah. a bow. You need to use it.
1: Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, we, we saw, um, like they introduced uh, Ollie. His name is isn't that? They introduced him a couple of weeks ago when um, the wildlings attacked his village. You know, they killed everyone and they let him run off. Go and tell the crows what we did. Um, so we had, we've had that, and we, you know, he's been in the background for the last couple of weeks. He hasn't had a chance to do anything. And now it's okay. He's he's man in the lift. Great. He's got a job. He's got a purpose. Fine. And but he's you no—he's know, at a point he's, you now. He's—he's—he's a little kid and he's scared. And again, Sam, you no, know, Sam man's up and says, "Look, I know you're scared. We're all fucking scared. But if you don't do what you, we need you to do, we're all gonna die. Mm. No, you, you know that you're a part of this story. So fucking write it. Write your own bit. You no, know, there's a bow. Use it. Go and fight them. And that's exactly what. And it, it would, again, we we never see that from Sam. We never see him doing anything like that." But no, his it's almost like there's a character transplant this week, it's quite funny,
0: yeah. I but it but it's earned, is the oh, thing. yeah, definitely. It, it he's earned he's, with Sam, so it feels he's, good.
1: Yeah. And, and as plus four years getting to this point,
0: uh, yeah, and because it feels earned for Sam, it does wrong foot you with actually where this is gonna go as well, yeah. Um, I totally didn't see where this was going the first time I watched nope. the episode, no, I didn't uh, either, and like I said, you know. For somebody that is reasonably well versed in in the art of screenwriting, um, by no means an expert, I wouldn't say, but reasonably well versed, you'd think I'd recognise Chekhov's gun when I see it. Um, and I think there's so the,
1: many elements, there's so many instances of, or instances of it in this episode. In this- yeah
0: totally and and this one more blatant than any this literally is a textbook example of it it just happens to be a fucking bow and arrow rather than an actual gun yeah uh, but so really is it an actual gun anyway but you know it's it's about the closest thing i can think of especially in this
1: world yeah um, the only way years, can i can think fucking... of actually closer in anything is in shawn of the dead where it's actually a fucking gun
0: yeah exactly it's like if you're not having a gun like because there are none in this world that is the nearest fucking thing yeah so so anyway we'll we'll park that until we get there but yeah Yeah. there's the setup for what is just one of the best pieces of writing in the show i think um and then again this this battle just ebbs and flows beautifully we spent some time there with sam and things have turned back towards the wildlings you know from basically starting from that giant arrow you know with yeah Everyone on the wall, once John took command, had them on the run, dropping the barrels and stuff. Um, And and the ebb and flow is lovely, you know, because then we finally turn the tide again as Sam's going upstairs. You know, the mammoth runs away. A giant is felled. You know, it it just ebbs and flows lovely. Um, Then Sam gets to the top, uh, feeds back to John. And we get, again, like the third, I think, hero shot for John of of this episode alone and for my money, just the best. I've waited four years for this. Like, John, on the move, barking commands as he draws his sword, and basically just says, right, you know what you're doing. I'm going down to fuck him up.
1: Yeah. Just basically pulls a thorn. Yeah. Um, the only thing it's... that did strike me oh. with that is that by the time he does that, this is the fourth person in command on top of the wall. It's going to be confusing for the you know, the, uh, the simpletons who are up there, who, you know, who are there because they there's you no know, products of incest and you no know, Cut off, you know, fingers and stuff. They they're not going to what the fuck's going on? Is that, who am I listening to now? Yeah, I get it, but, but yeah, places in the thick of it here. Oh, definitely, just- definitely, and I think it's you no, know, it's um, Ed, isn't it? Who he um, he hands yes. it off to? Um, and yeah, again, we've seen him all the way through the show. Uh, so, um, so we we know you know they're in safe hands. We know he's 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 going to be there. He's going to do a job. He's not going to be another Slint who's going to fuck it up. No, you know he he's he's there. He's you know, he's a a battle hardened crow. So he knows how. You no, know, he knows how, how what he needs to do, and he know knows how to do it. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. Fucking hell, who's in charge now? Yeah, and, and again, just the
0: decision from. I guess it's in the screenplay. I would have thought, um, but the decision from the writers and from Neil Marshall to play it this way as well. You know, we we get the juxtaposition to Thorn's decision to go down as well. Where Thorn does it with a big grandiose speech yeah. and rallies everyone up. John's not got time for that. Like we said, John's just there to sort shit out. He's yeah. on the move. Barks orders as he goes and draws his sword, like yeah. he fucking means business. Yeah,
1: and uh, I think just before this as well, we've got the bit with Gren where he said, "No, it tells me no, the giants are going to try and get in." Go and he hold does. The he orders tunnel. them to go and hold. it. Yeah, and, uh, and, and the look again, he gives them um, yeah. the absolute steely determination
0: of "You yeah. may die, but hold the tunnel." And yeah. and he doesn't say those words, but it's all there in his eyes.
1: Yeah, and and, again, and, the, and the recognition from Gren as well. It's like I know, I know this is what I've got to do. Yeah, it, and, that yeah. that
0: is a lovely moment, but yeah, not
1: go on. as we said that's what i said that's the, the one i was referring to earlier so it's a it's a beautiful interaction between two characters who we we, we i mean I, I remember i think it was season one or season two constantly asking who the fuck gren was yeah because he's he's always a named character but i didn't know who the fuck he was i think it's the first
0: time i've actually found out yeah and um, it's great moment between the two of them and then when we actually get into the tunnel just yeah. one of the best moments of the show i think um, yeah. what, what a fucking beautiful scene where the giant is just storming towards yeah, them. Yeah,
1: just bearing down on them. Just bearing yeah. down
0: on them and they just hold the tunnel and start reciting the Night's Watch Oath. Yeah. Just, ah, oh, again, this is the fucking show we were promised. We've waited yeah. four fucking years for it, but and here this, it is.
1: And the thing is that we we in the past called out the fact that they used that as a device I think it was when John deserted to go and join Rob to avenge yes. Ned's death. Yeah, to get him And back. the whole thing of reciting the fucking no, vows and all the rest of it. Um, and it was pointless because, no, it didn't serve any purpose whatsoever. It, it, it just seemed cheesy as fuck. At the start of this episode, we've referenced the vows. Yep. And then we've, no, when we've gone to the scene with Sam and the maester, we've had a bit more about, no, about them um, about breaking vows and love and all the rest of it. And now all of a sudden we've got these guys who are standing up not for themselves, not for something that's happening that doesn't affect us. They are right. We are the watch. We are the last fucking bastion. We are the wall between them. We are no. We're in the wall, but we are no. We are the people that are making a human chain to stop these fuckers getting through. We literally are the wall. Yeah. This is the most. This is the only time it's ever appropriate to to re- recite these lines in this show.
0: Yeah. And it. But it's them using it as a mantra as well to gain yeah. strength from it. And they're all. Very much aware that they are most likely going to die.
1: Oh yeah, they, they are, everyone down this there knows is giving them die. strength. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's reminding them what they, what no, why they're doing it. it it's them a why they're going to die. It's a very powerful moment and it's yeah. very well
0: done. Yeah. Um, just really Excellent. really breathtaking stuff. Yeah, but it is topped immediately, and I'm sorry. This is just me. I love a good bit of cheesy action, and I love. John getting the hero up, the right. combat role out of the lift, yes, and then him just absolutely cleaning house, just cutting motherfuckers left, yeah. right, and set. Like, yes, like where is this John in season eight? That's
1: what I want where, to know. Where is this John in seasons one, two, three, five, six, and seven? You no, know, it's well, it, it's it's one, something we two, don't... and three is fine. We're
0: building to this, but yeah, here we we is like we've they should not, and we'll talk about this at the
1: end as well. Like yeah. this
0: episode. Should fundamentally move John as a character,
1: and it sort is... of does. We'll get to the end of this episode, and there there is a very definite change in, in yes, John. Yes, there is. There um, is. I've got it. I've got some issues, but we'll come to it when we get to. It. Interesting thing about that this particular scene though, where he jumps out of the lift. But um, before he jumps out, he gives um, Sam a key. Confused the fuck out of me because the only per- only time we've seen keys in this episode is where. Sam has, has t- put Gilly into that pantry or wherever it is, and then locked her in to keep her safe. And then Slint has gone in there later on. So yeah. I'm thinking, is he going to let Slint out? What the fuck's going on? And then of course he goes and lets Ghost out. So that confused the fuck out of me anyway. T- until I sort of realised what he was doing. But the, the other thing is that I um, I watched the um, sort of the making off bit of the episode at the end of the um, uh, the end of it today, and oh yesterday when I watched it, and um, they're talking about uh, um, you've got um, DB Weiss talking about this scene. And they were in the edit they, they saw the cut of the episode And they went back to the editor and said Why have you sped that up? It, it doesn't look right It looks really fucking cheesy To put it back to normal speed And the editor turned to him and said I am done fuck all That's just how fast he's moving
0: <laughs>
1: Wow <laughs> um, And, and they, um, you were saying that they, did, they, they didn't believe him Until he showed them the composition on the screen Because just the way he's moving In the armour, in the fucking cloak With that big heavy sword It's incredible and the it's, way he moves it's almost fucking balletic you know it's it's he's, it's, it's he's mis- channeling and,
0: fucking batman
1: in this scene it's, like, it's it's literally poetry in motion it's no every move is precise and it's beautiful even to the point where they said that the the, the showrunners didn't believe that it was real it's fucking phenomenal
0: just from the, from the second he combat rolls out of the lift and just yeah, I just say every move is calculated and placed to cause maximum fucking yeah. carnage. And,
1: like, even the fact that he, you know, he opens the lift door when they're ten foot up, and he yeah. jumps, and it just—it's just enough to give him that advantage, to give him that element of surprise, and that no, because no, they, they might have seen the lift coming down, but they—they're they, they're waiting for it to come down and the door to open, to stop, and the door to open, and then they can get in for the slaughter. They're not expecting some cunt to jump out from three meters in the air. And then start no. swinging. Ah, oh, it's just it's a beautiful move, and it was it fantastic. I over and over
0: and over, and I wish we had more of it in the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I really do. And then you know we we built, as you say, Ghost gets that. I wish there was a little bit more made of Ghost, and I wish we'd have seen him fighting side by side with John.
1: Yes, because
0: um, that's something I don't think we ever really get in the fucking show.
1: No, we um, don't. I mean every time we see Ghost, Ghost. Uh, to be fair, any time we see any of the Diwors, they they're either placid and no. Acting like dogs, or when they're getting into the thick of it, they're always on their own. Yeah, and you never really get to see any interaction with their no, with the characters that no, they're they're with. So it, it it is a shame, and I think you're right. I think given how much of given how much they'd have had to work with um, to get to get the you no, know, to get the dog to do what they wanted, and to, and then all the CG that went with it, it wouldn't have been that much more difficult to get to get a couple of shots working with John.
0: No, it would have been. I think be that is the only possible way. The only possible way you could better this scene is because you know so often when when Ghost does enter a fight, it's to save John's ass. Yes, he's the, he's the kind of last minute save John's ass card. Yes, but you, you know here when John is the aggressor and is absolutely decimating people, to have just given us that minute or two of the two of them just fucking ripping through wildlings, yeah, would have been immense. Um, but look, we didn't get it. It's fine like, because yeah. what we do get is amazing. Um, the fight with the with the cannibal as well feels yes. so much weightier than the fight we had earlier this season at Craster's, yeah. um, because he's been built throughout the season as a credible threat.
1: Yeah, you know, like fucking Burn Gorman.
0: Yeah, and and the fight between the two of
1: them is excellent. Um, yeah, love reminded... the way John beats him in the end as well. I, Just it, again, it getting shit me. done. It reminded me of the scene in Grosse Point Blank* at the, house, at the school reunion where the assassins are killed on Onusos character in the, character. In the yeah. yeah the locker room. And it's you no know, so many times in film and TV you see these perfectly choreographed fights where everything lands or on, 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 they, they miss by millimeters and no, nothing is down and dirty and in the mud and in the gutter and no basic survival instinct. And that's what you get here. You get oh fuck, I've lost my sword. Right. If I've got to kick him in the pills, I'll kick him in the pills. If I've got to pick up a hammer and stow his fucking skull in, that's what I'll do, because it's what I've got to hand. Yeah, I'm not going to do a done. fucking... Yeah. I'm not going to do a fucking commando roll across the yard through the blood to pick up my, my, my sword out of a puddle. I'm just going to use what I've got, because that's what, I, what would happen in a fight. You know, you're in a re- no, if you're in a real sword fight, you're not, the, your opponent's not going to wait for you to pick your sword back up and then to be honorable, but they can fucking stab you in the head. Yeah, and it, nice. that's, that's, that's what you've got here, is this, I will do what I need to do to survive... And if that means picking up the nearest fucking thing, it could have been a shoe.
0: Yeah, and he'd have hit him with a shoe. Yeah. yeah
1: because that no, that's all he had.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it's it's a fucking great fight. Um again, it's it's that escalation as well from John doing that combat role to fighting, you know. Yeah. The big bad. Um he's, he beats him, you know. He, you have the ebb and flow in the fight as well. Looks for a minute yeah. like John's gonna lose, of course he doesn't comes back with a hammer. So he's riding high and then then they kick us in the balls because then there's Ygritte with her bow knocked just ready to take him out. Yeah. And and this is just the biggest oh. kick in the balls in the whole show. And I mean it in a positive way, not a negative one like right. I normally do because they look at each other for a good... I don't know, I didn't time it, but it feels like eternity. It's probably about five, six seconds, but it's I think, enough I think it's, time. A
1: six, it's about five to ten seconds. I think. It's, it's, it's enough it's just
0: time enough. for you to look at it and think maybe... Just maybe they've got a chance here. Like, they utter yeah. a carnage. The two of them could just fuck off.
1: Yeah, they could and just no leave. no one
0: would know. Yeah, and because they could both, have both been killed. And both actors managed to convey that without saying a fucking word. Yeah,
1: um, absolutely beautiful. And this is probably one of the moments that uh, we're talking earlier on about some of the key things you remember. Um, before old, you start rewatching yeah. this moment and the absolute fucking stomach in mouth, heart wrenching fucking. Oh wares.
0: i do, I'm, I'm welling up now. I, <laughs> I, I genuinely just recounting it. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this without rolling a tear. But yeah, so you you're riding high. They, they they're going to make it, and then out of nowhere,
1: out fucking nowhere, she takes an arrow. Yeah, and and the thing is as well. I mean, we've talked in we talked in the last four seasons. Exhaustively about things not being earned. Oh, this is, a, this, this, is, this, is, played, this, is this is this is played. This is played for and got. This is played for and got from oh. the second she arrives in this fucking show.
0: Yeah, this is this is the best death in the yeah. entire show, without question. It's yeah.
1: one of the only big
0: deaths, maybe the only big death that I can honestly say I think is executed perfectly. Um No pun intended. I was going to say um, she t- she takes the arrow. It's revealed that it's come. Um, from, from little from the little kid from the for the lift with his bow with Chekhov's gun and yeah. that you know as if it wasn't bad enough that egret's gonna die like oh it's just it's it's so wonderful to just close that loop like effectively sam has killed her
1: yeah in, a, in I, a
0: roundabout way yeah
1: and there's a there's a lovely point as well and kid Harrington does really well that um after uh, the, the arrow comes through and shenams there's this sort of dawning realisation on both their faces oh fuck, something's wrong and there's a nod from Ollie to John and John, yes. you look at Harrington's yeah. face he, it's like he doesn't know what the fuck to do he he's like, I, sh- I should be thank- him I should it. be thanking yeah. him because he just saved my life, I can't reprimand him because I can't give anything away but fuck, what did you just do you little fucker
0: it, and yeah, well, he, this, he, this he does it thing.
1: so well the, the look on his face I mean, his, his his delivery of this again, without saying a fucking word it's absolutely spot on
0: yeah i mean this is the thing again the theme of that episode you know love is is the death of duty and you have both of them laid out here like his duty is as well not commander of the night's watch at this point but he is leading the men he's effectively commander in charge if you like um you know this this boy's just done a wonderful thing he's just saved his life he's killed his first wildling yeah john needs to congratulate him in a sense you know or he, thank he him for
1: saving his life or something yeah. so
0: so he has to play this off and yeah he does it he does it really well um he, he you can you can kind of see him just swallowing it down yeah and um, before he dashes over to egret um and then to the end the pair of them are so wonderful together you know do you remember the cave john we should have stayed in the cave yeah and then he just Sorry, he just said, <laughs> We'll go back. Funny um, so to
1: edit out, Are you crying.
0: This is, I, I didn't, I didn't, I swallowed it down. This is how you kill characters. This has been earned. We're calling back the things that were seeded right back at the start of their relationship.
1: You Even, know, before that, no, as I said, the, the theme, we've had the theme you know, re, you know, reintroduced at the start of this episode Loves the Death of Duty, but I mean, this came fucking halfway through season one.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I just. This is, you know, every time they kill these characters, I say, you know, we don't, we don't see anyone react to their death. It doesn't feel weighty. It doesn't feel like it's affected anyone. We get the time to do that here, yeah. and not everybody is going to be John and Egret. We get that, but everybody has a relationship with somebody with that's someone. died on the show, yeah. and they'll all have their own versions of this. Some will be more tragic than others. This is heartbreaking. Um, I almost can't watch it. I, I just can't take it, honestly. <laughs> just when he's cradling her on the battlefield. Um, and, and of course, uh, you know, of course she goes out with, you know, nothing, Jon Snow. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I just, honestly, I, I almost can't take it. It's so well done. Um, it's just, for me, moving forward from this, again, saying, you know, how, how well this episode is handled and this, this death is handled perfectly. Moving forward, I feel like she is too
1: easily forgotten. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. I, I said earlier on, I had issues with the end. Yeah, that's yeah. probably oh, yeah. my main one, and I think that that I mean, I I was trying to think um when I watched it, and I've been trying to think all day where where this goes for John now, and I can't. I'm trying to recall what weight there is to this death, and yeah, no, it's it all informs his character. Oh no, John is one of the few characters who actually does evolve throughout the the, the, the duration of the show and decisions he makes later on with another key relationship, a lot of that is based on mistakes he's made here with Igret, with and I get that. But it does seem to be swept under the rug very quickly because he's he's got business to do, and he can't, he can't afford himself the time to grieve. Yes. And I I don't think that's in keeping with his character.
0: No, I agree. Um, I think it gets swept under the rug very, very quickly, even in this episode. Um, mm. There is there is some effort made in this episode um, for and for the rest of this season and most of next, this does inform some of his choices. But this, as I said uh, earlier on, this is a death that should fundamentally move John. He yeah. he should never be the same after this. And to an extent, he's not. Hmm. But his entire uh, his entire mission statement now should change. Like at the moment in the show, he's kind of playing both sides and he's yeah. kind of not sure which foot he's got a camp in. Um, from this... I not even... Yeah, from, sorry, yeah. Um, which foot he's got a camp in, I'm, I'm broken. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, but at this point, it should be very clear now. You know, he takes this forward to, well, he's got both feet in his own camp because the woman he loves has just died as a result of leaders on both sides just being too fucking arrogant and too far up their own arse to realize that they need each other in yeah. order to survive what's coming. And that's kind of always been John's mission but he's been confused about it and not really knowing which side to come down on, whereas now this needs to be his excuse to rise above it all and just sit everyone down, and not just here. This is something now that would fundamentally, I feel, change his politics, so that even you know, in later seasons when he gets involved with the wider story at King's Landing and things as well, yeah. he should always be coming from a point of view of grow up, stop fucking fighting, people will
1: die. Well, he sort of does, and I think it's... Um... I think it's late in season seven um, where they, they do go to King's Landing um, and they take a present to René Monaco who I'm not going to name because if people aren't that far ahead, we don't want to give it away. Um, but he sort of does that. But he again, he, he he stops short of actually saying just fucking grow up and get on with it. He starts that and then he kind of draws back and refuses to be drawn onto one side or another or to play so the, the the political game, which is, you know, is part and parcel of this show. Um, and it, it's almost... I, I I coined a phrase um in the first season that we did um it's almost starkian he's he's too caught up in his own principles to actually realize there's a big there' there are bigger things at stake
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that seems to be where he is now is that okay, I now have a mission because of all this has happened, I now have to go off and do something, and rather than saying, right, okay, well, before I do that, let's take stock, let's see where we are, let's sit no, count let's let's count our dead, let's work out how many they lost because if they had an army of hundred thousand. How many did we kill outside? About 10? So they've still got an army of 100,000. No, that's something that they need to know going for before he goes off half-cocked that's, to go and do the next bit.
0: Uh, yeah, and, and that's where it falls down for me, actually, as well. I agree with what he takes from this, and, and yeah. for the immediate future, you know, until he starts to branch off into his next storyline, and it's when he really gets into his next relationship that, that I really get fucking pissed off about how they handle this. Um, but... For me, where he goes from this is, is heading in the right direction, definitely. And they don't explicitly ever say that this has informed his character. I, I don't think Egret is hardly mentioned ever again, if she is even. I don't, um, I don't remember. I, I no. honestly don't remember. But it's it certainly, you know, she certainly is in a looming presence over him. And, and that's okay, she doesn't have to be. But in order for that to work, in order for his story to then move past that, um, we, I feel like we just need to see him grieve more.
1: If if nothing else, I mean the I mean, jumping around a little bit, um but so the, the the very last scene we see, um we, we see of John is you now that he and Sam go through the tunnel, he's going north, he's gonna confront Mance and try and stop all this silliness. Let's which, stop is, the which is the
0: right move which, which is given fine. What has just happened. Yeah. He's not that, he's not playing. Right. You know, this isn't soldiers
1: anymore. He's just lost the love of his life. He's gonna yeah. go and fucking sort it out with Mance. That's yeah. right. That's I, I agree think. with that. And I think that I mean I th- the, again, the execution of that doesn't necessarily um, please me next season and we'll come on to that when we get when we get there, but it's the right it's the right move to make and the fact he goes unarmed, a um, yep. bit naive, but again, it's a statement and I, I, I'm fine with that. And then so they go through the tunnel and they find that the giant didn't breach the gate, the the that has held the wall, they died taking down the giant, but mm-hmm. the giant is dead as well and they probably saved all their lives. Beautiful moment and the last thing he says to Sam is make sure you burn the bodies. What we needed is some sort of fucking burial, some sort of finality of this relationship with Egret, whereby he gets to no, he gets to see her off. Whether it's putting on her putting her on a pyre, um, yeah. which we'll get with a key character in season eight, uh, not with him, but with some, with another key character putting another key character on a pyre, we get that later on. There needs to be some sort of acknowledgement of this that this relationship had weight and it has bearing on this character, and the way to go about you no, know, the way to deal with that, is say right, okay, I have to deal with this. I have to. I'm going to grieve, but I have to be able to progress. And the only way I can do that is by putting an exclamation point on it and saying, "Look, yes, you're dead. I'm, go- I'm going to say goodbye. I'm going to do it properly. We'll, we'll have to burn your body so you don't come back as a white and you know, bite me or whatever. But I'm going to do it, and there will be some some sort of um, some sort of healing from that, whereby you can say, "Look, I've said goodbye." In a, yeah. in a way that you don't necessarily get with you know, the um, with the deathbed, you you know, you know nothing. Because that, that's, that's still the in the middle. Yeah, yeah. It's the It's not grieving. something entirely different. Yeah. Yes,
0: I, I agree. Um, I think the death is handled exceptionally well. I think yes. most of the aftermath, as I say, for, for the immediate future is correct. But it does get forgotten about later in the show, which consistently annoys me because this is this genuinely feels like a moment that should fundamentally change John as a character and, and oh, yeah. hold sway over everything
1: that he and does. Again, I mean, we've ha- we've had John and Egret for three, four seasons now. Yes. That's almost half the fucking show.
0: Yes, yeah. This this should inform impo- him moving it's forward.
1: Impo- it's a very important part of his character from the start of season two right the way up to this point, and it informs what he does next. So it informs everything he does. Well, to be fair, it informs everything he does until the end of season five. Yeah, um, it's a key fucking point.
0: I, I, I it, it, even... it impacts
1: humanity as well, and you know it, it's. I mean, no, it's it's easy to forget in this show that no, there are people. No, these are all people, and they have sensibilities and and um, beliefs that aren't necessarily always followed through. But John is very much. Um, people are fallible, but people are capable of great things. People, no, there is love in the world. There, no, there are. No, it's not just It's not just black and white. And that kind of gets swept under the rug very quickly. And we're, we're not allowed to, to go through that with him. It's just a case of, right, we're moving on to the next thing, moving on to the next thing. And in reality, there's no reason to rush this fucking show. I mean, I think they committed to eight seasons quite early on. And then the way they did season seven and eight, again, not necessarily the way I'd have done it. There's no reason why they couldn't have run to 10. And HBO would have fucking loved them for it because they'd have made more money.
0: Well, ultimately, now if they do sequelize, they probably are going to anyway. So they should have huh. just done so in the first place. But well,
1: exactly. I think, I, I think you're writing, in the first place, not Yeah,
0: I, I think you're right in what you say about the end of season five. Specifically, there are moments there where one way or the other, what's happened to Egret and what happens to John needs to be dealt with, yes. because it leaves a huge, huge narrative gap yes. for me uh, for John as a character. Uh, now, whether that's dealt with, you. By better explaining the law of the world, or whether that's dealt with by a character choice for John, I'm not fussed. But there is a massive logic gap there that yeah. it needs dealing with. But we'll talk about that when we come to it. I think we're both in agreement that you know up until this point, um, and, and for the immediate future after, as I say, I, I think this death is is extremely well handled. Um, the best example of a death on the show, I think, uh, yeah. one that I felt very raw about yeah. in the best possible way, and not like how, last
1: week yeah, given how shocking most of the deaths are, and they're done for effect, they're done, no, I, I say we have to get shock and all it's done because what's the biggest thing we can do that's going to just make you, oh, <gasps> yeah. and then keep, keep you tuning in next week, and that's why you have something like last week, where you have this big fucking showy fight between the Mountain and Oberyn, um which ends in a really fucking horrific fashion, but for most people, it's goes right, I need to see what happens next this one, it's not as it's not grisly, it's not horrific, it's it's low key, it's play it's played very by the standards of this show, it's played very pedestrianly, if that's a word. Um yeah. but it's probably the most meaningful death Oh, it easily is. Easily is um that you get in the entire show. Um and yeah, no, it's it's how we move forward from it and the consequence of it. I think I think you're right. I think it's so the actions taken immediately are fine, but there's just a trick missed whereby something needs to be addressed. Yes. In about a year's time, yes, which definitely kind of seals it and makes it no makes it matter.
0: Yes, because uh,
1: ultimately I, that's that's my biggest problem with this death is that ultimately it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, I, and that's that's ultimately the problem with just about every single death on the show. Yeah, I was, I
1: was say that's the problem with the show
0: entirely, isn't that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, and you're right. Ultimately, this death doesn't matter either. either. But this is the, this is the first one that stung for me. It's the first one that stung. It's the first one that that matters in the immediate future as well. So it does carry through slightly, at least. And and yeah, it stung and it was effective. Um, that that's the thing because it had been earned and because we did get the payoff. You know, John did see her die. He did cradle her. So we went through that with him. We felt yes. that pain. And it's just tragic. This look, she was always going to die. Yeah, of course. This, she was. It, from day one, as you said, she was always, always going to die um so this this is handled very very well and in fact you know for the reasons we've just discussed she needs to die to inform john's story um so it makes sense but it's kind of i don't know how i feel about the very next scene i think kit harrington performs it excellently um when he when he kind of just confronts torment yeah it's like he's it, it almost feels like he's already forgotten about it, but he, I don't think it's that he has. It's more that he is pushing it down, and I think that comes through in the performance. Um, he kind of just has to go out there, and he's like, look, Tormund, we're done. I'm through with this shit. I can't be fucking arsed. Just, you're beaten. Just fuck it. We're beaten. Yeah. Just give in now. Yeah, because and, Ygritte's dead, I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah,
1: it, 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 none of it matters anymore. You, you All your pals on the other side of the wall are fucked off. Everybody on this side is dead. You're on your own. And... I, Enough people have died, yeah, and that, he, that's he kind has of the feeling
0: thing to live for at this point yeah. at the moment and, and I mean it
1: would have been very tempting, and obviously um, Tormund will play a part for the next couple of years. Uh, it would have been very tempting for John in this moment to just say pick up that crossbow and rather than shooting him in the leg, just shoot him in the fucking head. yeah say it's, it. it's done, we're finished, just fucking die and, but see, he and and again that's... This, this is John's character again going, enough people yeah. have died I do- you might be on the other side, I still don't want to kill you. That's the thing. That, that's the thing. I think the natural choice and and the
0: easy choice Especially is, in this to, show. is to do that. Okay. And I think that feels, you know, we're talking about wanting to see him grieve and things like that. And I think that, you know, from a story perspective, that almost helps in that because he's taken like immediate vengeance, not against yes. the person that actually killed him, but against the most relevant threat there. Yeah. Um, but I think it's actually, even though it feels a little bit odd, do you know what? Like in real life, grief feels really fucking odd. Yeah. And you don't know what you're doing from day to day. No. So I, th- I think in a lot of ways it's a braver choice and it is, it's and one it's...
1: that Wrong. sort of works. It's just that we're not conditioned <clears throat> to accept it. Yeah, it, it definitely works. And I think that it's one of those as you say, you know, when when you are in that sort of that 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 grieving state, you don't necessarily you haven't necessarily got control over your faculties. You don't necessarily know what you're doing. Sometimes you do act out, and it would have been so easy just to stick an arrow in his head and say "fuck it, I'm done." Yeah, but he doesn't. And this is where his his true nature comes through. His his innate character comes through, is that he is still going. Look, I, I can kill you if you want me to, but I that's not in anybody's interest. That yeah. doesn't and do anybody so... good. I don't need to do that.
0: No, and he's so beaten himself in yeah. his delivery, and yeah. and that that's what sells the scene for me i think kit hagen yeah. is excellent in it in that he is just so emotionally drained in his oh, delivery yeah. he's he's
1: broken he's, he's yes. just like it doesn't fucking matter now whether i kill you or not it doesn't matter but it's just another life and i don't know as i said enough people have died let's, yeah. just, not, let's just fucking leave it there no we yeah. put him in chains we'll question him later and then you get the throwback to um, to sam's line know you know i'm going out like a man and he starts swinging again and john just puts a fucking crossbow bolt through his leg I said look yeah. just fuck it no you're beaten enough yeah, it's, uh, yeah and it, it it really for me it's it works really well because I it, it, it it's not the easy choice but it 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 does show John's the, the character that John has been you know building up to that he is still in spite of everything he's still noble he's still brave he's still honorable yes. yeah and and it kind of
0: as i say kind of in an odd way sort of feels like shit, we've kind of moved past the Egret ball already but it's 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 not that when you look at it yeah. and when you break the scene down it is very definitely that no she is right there weighing on him but he's just having to push that down yeah. and get past it
1: and yeah, i think there, there are other things still going on that he needs to deal with
0: yeah i think he's excellent in this scene um, yeah. i i also think he's excellent we, we've talked about it briefly already but when when we get you know down to the tunnels and and we mm. get the delivery of the held the gate and it's just another one of those scenes where like yeah it's not explicitly addressed what's gone on yeah but there is so much said without being said. Yeah. Like the full weight of John's yeah. decision is yeah, clearly on his here. face. They're down here. because this. of me. I, you
1: know, yeah. I, I, I didn't come down myself. They held the gate. They've died for it because of me. Yeah, I think yeah. that is that's again excellent. Um, and I, again, I think it's exchange with Sam as well before they go down into the tunnel, um, where um, Sam, no, Sam's saying like it's it's a bad plan, and John says. I know it's a bad plan, but what's your great fucking idea? And yeah. again, it's it's that thing with again, he's broken. He's like, I know it's stupid, I'm probably gonna die, but I've got nothing else. Yes. Yeah. I don't care. I've got nothing else to offer. So this is all I can do. Yeah. And I, again, a brave choice, because yeah.
0: again, the easy choice would be yes, it's a bad plan, but Egret's dead, so I'm gonna go fuck everyone up. Yeah. No. That's not the choice. The choice is this is all senseless. We should be on the same side. Yeah, I'm going to go get unarmed. Yeah, it it's a brave choice. And as I say, Egret's death needs to inform him. And in the immediate, you know, in the immediate repercussion of the narrative, that's what we're seeing happening. And I think yeah. that's really, really brave because this is not where traditionally you would expect to see this go, but it yeah. works. Yeah, um, it definitely does. Yeah. It it really works. The only thing that doesn't work, in fact, and is one of the only things that doesn't work in the whole episode, is the fucking awful fade to white. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? I don't know. Because the obvious end here is to have that conversation with Sam be dealt with, then have him walk down and find all the dead, and end on, they held the gate.
1: Yeah. That's because, the obvious end to the episode. Yeah, it, it is, and I think if you wanted to, if you wanted to go further than that and have the motion and have him going through the gate, then just then cut cut to black. Like what? <laughs> Either that, or be slightly fucking arty about it and cut to black as the gate closes behind him. Yeah, but fade into white is. Just... Yeah, that that was a very bizarre choice, and I remember thinking, that. and they do it in one other episode in season eight as well, I believe. Um, and again, I remember we I remember talking about it. I'm sure it was with you, but if it wasn't, it was somebody at work. How fucking strange a choice it was! It's a really bizarre choice, and like we
0: said, I can't remember how many episodes ago now, but there's a fade in the middle of a of an episode from one scene to the next, and I and I yeah. pointed out then that you know any time you see a fade, it generally means the director's mm. fucked up. But yeah, they have the footage. Yeah, this, like this say, is you, the
1: fucking end of the episode. It's you you it's can there.
0: end on they held the gate. They have the stuff in the can. They don't need to fade. So they like with. They're trying to tell us something with this
1: fade. I, I mean, just I is, don't know what it is. No, I know. And it looks, I mean, for John it is, but it looks like an end of season shot. Yeah. It looks like, you know, we'll be back in the fall sort of shot, whereby you say, right, okay, we're, no, we're moving things along now. Obviously, we've still got shit down in King's Landing to deal with next week when the actual season finishes. So this, even though it's the end of John's season and John going off it you know, on a new quest and a new mission, whatever else it is, this isn't the end, but that's what this feels like. It feels as though they're trying to close out the season with, there's a slight modicum of hope there. No, we've had no night is darkest before the dawn. We've had the dark, and now we've got the dawn. We've got the next bit moving on. And it just feels out of place, I think. Fucking weird.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really, really fucking weird. But yeah. it's not, a, you know,
1: yeah. whatever. Well, as you said fucking... earlier, I mean, there, there are some missteps in this episode, which we talked about, but none of them are showstoppers. No, uh, no, no. I mean, uh, that, I know that one was literally, but yeah. You know. um, but we've had some in previous episodes where we've gone, fuck, hang on, what the fuck? Why have you done that? That that shouldn't happen. That should never happen. This one, you kind of go, well, okay, that was a fucking stupid decision. That was a really bad edit, but you know what?
0: It's just such a
1: shame. But then
0: there's also uh, the the last act of this episode is emotionally draining, to yes. say the least. Um, yeah. I mean, fuck, I need to cry again just talking about it. Um, <laughs> so. There is a little bit of elegance to it in as much as it allows you to just take a moment at the end of the episode. It's not like bang credits were out and you go, oh, what the fuck happened? Like it gently eases you into like and relax. Um but it's fucking horrible. <laughs> but that is that is one of the only things I can think of, is maybe there was a conscious choice there of like, let's just let them down gently
1: but um, well, you could but you could have done that with the gate closing behind him i honestly i honestly, I honestly think if if you want to go for that and you are time to digest the fact they held the gate you can know you can do that without smashing into the credits you can do that where you no know, he, he he does walk towards the gate he gets smaller he goes through it and it lowers down gently behind him as it hits the as it hits the bottom you, you move over to black it's not a harsh no it's not a fast cut or a harsh cut but you go to black and then you bring your credits in isn't it isn't the gate smashed down though no, they 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 because st- the the giant lifted it, didn't he? Oh, that's right. Yeah, it, it was smashed to fuck. But he had to lift it and, lift it, it, and go yeah, under yeah, it. Yeah. Um it was the inside one he smashed to fuck. Mm. Um, so it still had to be, it still had to be raised. And so you see, um, Sam you know, waving the torch and they, they raise the gate, and then it fades, it fades up. Now, to me, that 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 was a completely fucking wrong move. It should have been the opposite. It should have been coming down and then going out to black, yeah. not up and up, up, up to white. But I, I see, it's not, that's... it's not, it's it's not.
0: Criminal. It's not the end of the world. It's just it's it's not odd. End yeah, we we've too. seen
1: some stranger choices in in the course of the show in the last thirty nine episodes. So yeah, it's yeah not the end of the world. Definitely,
0: you know, and, and as a whole, you know, I think there's a lot in this episode that I said right back at the top of the show. This is the one I remember. If you ask if you ask me to name an episode, you know, most yeah. people would probably say the Red Wedding. I pull this one.
1: There are a um, couple, and there are a couple later on which people will go for a look because again, they were big spectacles, big set pieces, yeah. um, like Battle of the Bastards and Bells. Yes. Um, no, th- they're they're the ones that most people talk about because they're the big shocking ones. You know, yeah, they're, they're, there is... they're the really big, really expensive-looking things. This there's a lot more story in this episode than you get. That, any that's else. what I was about to say. I think you know rewatching it now,
0: it's not quite as epic as my memory had led me to think it was. You know, there's a little maybe a little bit of Mandela effect going on. Maybe, um, but it is definitely I think from a story perspective from start to finish as an episode, one of the most impressive episodes we've seen. It has a very tight three-act structure. It is a miniature film. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you had not watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, you could enjoy this episode on its own. Everything you need is there, which is why I was so keen back at the start of the episode when we're going through act yeah. one to say you need this because you need this because you need we're reminded about egret, we're reminded who she is, we're reminded about Gilly and who she is. Yeah. We're remind so we know John's stakes, we know Sam stakes. The Maester tells us about the world at large. Like everything you need to enjoy this episode is given to you. You could watch this as a standalone piece of entertainment and it would work. Yeah. And that's fucking rare in this show. That's rare yeah. in a lot of shows, to be fair, that aren't yes, episodic. Yeah. Um So that, you know, I, I think credit is deserved for that. I think every character, and I mean it, every single character, even the minor ones, gets a chance to shine and earn their place. And that's super fucking rare in this show. You know, even the likes of Thorne get we get to understand why he is who he is. Yeah. Um, you know, and why he's Lord Commander. So that's good. Um, I, it's just, you know, end to end, soup to nuts, a fucking wonderful episode, just filled with these epic, epic moments and balanced with these sort of quieter story moments as well, all in the just mad sprawling battle that's going on that yeah. somehow we manage to follow.
1: Yeah. And then when you get to later episodes of the Battle of the Bastards um, and the Long Nights, um, again big battle episodes, but they become far more difficult to follow. There's, you know, there's there's too much emphasis on action and not enough emphasis on story, and I think this is probably the last time they really get it right. They they definitely
0: get it right here, and as I say, yes, you know there are a couple of issues more pacing-wise than anything, because that first act takes so fucking long, but I don't think it's fair to level those criticisms at this episode because that's stuff that should have been dealt with earlier on. Yeah. And it's also stuff that, you know, if we didn't do that, then it wouldn't work quite so well as this kind of tight, compact feature film that it is. Um, It's just a fantastic hour of TV start to finish. Like it's it's superb. it's just top, top notch stuff. Um, But that fade is fucking horrible.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've we've kind of covered that one. I don't think there's much left to say about that one apart from yeah. No. Um no. but yeah, I mean I, I agree. Um as always, um you know, we 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 live for this shit. So if people want to come and talk to us about it, um get in touch. Um as I know we have we've raised a couple of issues which will be contentious, um I'm sure. Um, but yeah, get in touch, um usual channels on Twitter at DD Podcast Net. Um, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Um, you can go to our website, ddpodcast.net, and get in touch with us through there. Also, you can find our other shows, um, previous episodes of this show. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, wherever, um, like, subscribe, send us a message. We'll, and we'll uh, find a way of getting back to you. Uh, but until next time, game over.